The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 16th chapter. Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, you are Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then he strictly charged his disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The first person to ever give me his car keys so that I could take his ride out alone was my uncle. It was a decision I think he later regretted. Even though my uncle was not a pastor, he nonetheless gave me an impromptu sermon before handing this powerful piece of cut metal to me. It was mostly what you would call heavy on the law. You probably heard a version of the same homily yourself when you were young. Drive defensively. Check all your mirrors as if your head was on a swivel. Always watch for the other drivers. Don't be dead right. Always signal your intentions. Amen and amen. But then he added a twist that stuck. You can use these keys for good or bad, Peter. So you have to understand what great responsibility you have when you use them. I felt the weight of those words, no less than people in the ancient world, felt the weight of the keys to enter or lock a door. The custom of carrying large keys on the shoulder seems to be an ancient one. Treasurers and city officials carry these huge keys as a symbol of their high office. They often had a bunch of keys on the shoulder, half hung down the front and half down the back. The chief steward of a rich home carried the keys of the household on his shoulders. Now it may come as a surprise to you as it did certainly to me that the oldest known lock and key from an archaeological standpoint was found in the ruins of the Assyrian palace of Khorazabad in modern-day Iraq 
in what was the biblical city of Nineveh. Those lock mechanisms date back to the 7th century BC. But even more surprising to the disciples of Jesus is his use of the word keys and that he gives them to Peter. It is such a rare word in the scriptures. It is used only eight times. Of those, a couple are of particular interest to us today. Of the coming of the Messiah in Isaiah, it was written, and I will place on his shoulder the key of the house of David. He shall open and none shall shut, and he shall shut and none shall open. This passage has a familiar ring to it from the O antiphons in the season of Advent, which we chiefly know from the hymn, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Stanza five begins, O come, thou key of David, come and open up our heavenly home. Make safe the way that leads on high and close the path to misery. To fully appreciate what that means, we have to go all the way back to the end of Genesis 3, when God locked us out of Eden. From that point forward, it was always going to be a question of who will let us back in, because not one of us was going to get past those cherubim on our own. If there is one word that aptly describes our common human condition, it is that word in the hymn, misery. We're miserable because of our sins, our sicknesses, plagued by Satan and hounded by death. Who will let us back into God's presence, back to the tree of life. There is only one upon whom God has placed on his shoulder the key of the house of David, David's greater son, the son of the living God. Jesus has the keys to the kingdom. A simpler way to say that is he certainly couldn't have given the keys to Peter unless he himself possessed them. He bore the weight of that like the cross draped across his shoulder as he carried it on to Golgotha. In fact, without the cross, he could not have opened the kingdom of heaven for us. So Jesus, gave the keys to Peter. And here, Martin Luther once wrote something that is very helpful. He said that we shouldn't go looking for the keys to the kingdom in heaven because he left them here, as Luther said, in Peter's mouth. 
Ironically, my first name is Peter, so I always thought this is her. Yesterday, we were here in this holy place for the ordination of Elvaro Duarte. Among the many things entrusted to him in the office of the holy ministry is to use the keys of Jesus responsibly. In confession, you can hear people's failures, their trespasses and their debts before God and others. In other words, to hear their repentance and you don't judge them, you forgive them. Use Jesus' keys and open up the kingdom for them. But in the ministry, there are multifaceted uses responsibly of the kingdom. At every baptism, the angels rejoice, and the cherubim step aside and say, welcome home to Eden. Every time we seek absolution, the key is opening the kingdom for us. Every time we go to the Eucharist, the key for the kingdom of heaven is open. Every deliverance from the bondage to the evil one and his loser minions, the key is being used for us. Now my uncle's keys were his and not mine. So Jesus wants us all to use his keys responsibly. All of us get to go free and Jesus is asking us to let others off the hook too in our daily vocations. Especially those who have hurt and harmed you by their actions and by their words. Now, I know, I know, I know how hard that can be. Nobody is saying that those things that others have done, or we to them, should be excused or validated. But when our Lord and Master teaches us to pray for forgiveness and then tax on, as we forgive those who sin against us, he draws us into his heart of mercy. Mercy which we receive and mercy which we may share. That's the key, isn't it? But you don't know the horror of my pain, you retort. Fair enough. But I do know this. Jesus backs up what he says by forgiving the very people who had him crucified who cheer on his tormentors and mock him as he rides to a horrific death. Forgiveness is not supposed to be easy. 
The key we're given isn't cut from ace hardware. It is forged in the fire of Christ's love and mercy on the cross. Stronger than steel or iron, it embodies his love and mercy in our lives in a multiple of strength 70 times 7. So, when we get to the other end of the Bible, the book of Revelation, this was written specifically to the Church of Philadelphia, which eerily is like Isaiah and the words of our Lord in the Gospel. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, the words of the Holy One, the true one, who has the key of David, who opens and no one will shut, and who shuts and no one will open. And how else could this possibly end but by hearing Jesus say this, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes so that they might have right to the tree of life and may enter the city by the gates. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.